0: Today, I want to share a message with you that I've entitled facing the echoes. So let's jump into God's Word. Are you ready? So if you can remain standing as we honor the reading of God's Word for one moment, then I'll let you be seated. Then they seized him, Luke 22, 54 through 62. Then they seized him, Jesus, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter, who was following at a distance, and when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looked closely at him, said, This man, this man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I, I don't know him. And, and a little later, someone saw him again and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I, I'm not. And after an interval of about an hour still, another insisted, saying, Certainly. Certainly this man also was with him, for he too was a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, right now, immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned to him, looked at Peter, the words of the Lord echoing in Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Father God, I know today you're calling your church to be a right now church. To meet the needs of the world right now. Jesus, because right now people are in desperate need of you. We can't be stuck in the past, God, if the world is going to ever see a future in your son Jesus. Lord, we may have denied you in action. Lord, we may have denied you in not moving. Lord, we may have denied you in standing still, but Lord, let us never stay stuck in our past. The echoes, God, of things done, the echoes of words spoken, the echoes of pain and mistakes we've made. Lord, let us not fear the echo because your promise remains. Father God, anoint me. Help me to speak this word you put in my heart with much power. Give me the words to articulate very specifically and precisely, Holy Spirit, what you are wanting to say. Use me. We are here for you, God. It is all about you because we want more of you right now. And if anyone can stand in agreement with a young pastor, say amen. All right, y'all, you can be seated. Thank you, Taps. So church, it's time that we stop fearing the past. It is time that we stopped fearing our mistakes. It's time that we stopped weeping bitterly. It's time to stop being ensnared in the guilt and shame that's covered you for far too long. For that season is over. Fearing the words that were spoken over you in your past, the words people spoke over you that echo in your thoughts today from long ago when they said, you'll never make it. You're too far gone, you're broken, and today here you are, but yet the echoes of the past find you again, the same pain revisited again, fearing things that have been done to you in your past, the echo of those actions still ringing in your mind and in your heart, fearing the people who have hurt you in your past, whose actions still yet echo into the deepest parts of who you are today. Now, I'm speaking and I'm preaching out of a place of weakness today. Let your young pastor be vulnerable with you for a moment. I am tired of letting the past dictate where I go. And I am ready to follow Jesus into the future he has. And if anyone can agree with a young pastor, let me, let me hear you make a little noise. It is time to be done fearing the echoes, church, because God is speaking a new thing over your life today. Or maybe we're like Peter, fearing words that you spoke. Because sometimes, you know, it's easy to play the victim. Oh, they spoke these words of hurt over me. It's still cutting me deep, Pastor. I don't know what to do. I'm not trying to take away any sort of validity from your pain. But let me be honest with you, church, and say we too strike first. He got real quiet. Sometimes we're the one who does the hurting. Can I be honest with you? So sometimes, like Peter, we fear the words we spoke over someone. Man, I don't know this man. Fearing things that you've done to others. Oh, God, how could I have abandoned him? He was my master. He was my best friend. How how could how could I have just sat there? Fearing the people that you have hurt. God, how can I ever face you again? Peter was stuck in this fear for a moment. But church, hear God when he speaks this over you. Church, it's time to let it go. Already, I feel it in my spirit here. You know what it is you need to let go of. I can look at you here. I see many stories. I see many pasts. I see many broken promises. I see many hurts. But I also see many joys, many good things, many many promises of a a bright future. But you got to let it go. If you ever want to get into what God's calling you to. That one thing from your past continually echoing into your future. You got to let it go. The people around you don't know. Your friends don't know. Maybe even your spouse doesn't know yet. But God knows. Just like Jesus looked right at Peter. He's looking at you right now where you sit. Because he knows the issues that you are facing. And he's saying, Baby, you gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. The Lord today, I believe He wanted me to share this with you. John 8, 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you, my child, are free. You, my son, my daughter, are now free. You have been bought, purchased, sanctified, sealed, and set away for a time such as this to be born again, made new, and a leader in this world. Church, be encouraged because you are free. We are free. Free of the echoes from a broken past that keep ringing in your ears and your heart. Because, church, we need to realize that it's time to get past our past so that we can function as we were meant to function in the present, which will then allow us to move forward into our future. Did you catch that? Get past the past to function in the present, to step into your future. Don't stay stuck. Because our God is doing a new thing. Our God is always doing a new thing. It's littered in Scripture. But one of my favorite verses that point this out, Isaiah 43, 19. See? I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it as he speaks to his people Israel? And today he's asking Calvary NSB. Yo, where you at? I'm all the way over here. Why you stuck 20 years ago? Why you stuck in yesterday? I'm right here. I'm right now. What are you waiting on? Get to where I'm at. I've set the path before you. I've cleared the way. I've cleared your name. You just got to take a step forward. You are free. Move past your past because Calvary, the future, is bright and the best is still yet to come for this young preacher. The best is yet to come for this congregation. The very best of God is still yet to come for Calvary and New Smyrna Beach because we are freed from the bondage of sin and slavery. We are freed from the bondage of weakness and anxiety. We are free to be who God has called us to be right now. Right now. But why is it so hard, Pastor James? Why is getting past your past so difficult? How does this even relate to Peter's life? How does this relate to me? Well, one question at a time, people. I'm young. Please. Help a brother out. So let's dissect this. Why is it so hard to move past your past? Well, let me hit you with this. It's because the enemy knows your past. (laughs) He knows your weakness. He knows what used to get you down so he could hold you down so he would keep you down. The enemy knows your past inside out, frontwards, backwards. He uses your past to trap you there. And some of you today, even right now, today are living in a past present moment. You're living in a past present moment. What do you mean, Pastor James? Well, let me break it down for you. You're here. Like, we're, we're all here this morning, right? Raise your hand if you're here. We're here. Then why is your mind out there? I mean, I'm here, Pastor James. I'm in the house of God. I'm ready to receive. But why is your heart back 20 years ago when you made the biggest mistake of your life? You're meant to be here right now. Not back then. Not back there. That time is done. That season is over. You're called to be present with a very ever-present God. Amen? That is where the enemy wants you. He wants you stuck in your past. Because if he can rob you of a present moment by making you focus on the past, he can then delay your destiny, Calvary. If you stay stuck in the past, not able to function in the present, you will never move forward into your future. If he can delay your destiny, he can destroy your future. And why does he try so hard to keep you in your past? Begs the question. Why is the enemy? You think about it. You hear sermons all the time. Got to let go of your past. The enemy is always trying to remind you the things you've done wrong. It's covered under the blood. Why do you got to keep going back digging in that stuff? Because the enemy wants you there. That's why he's always bringing your past up. That is the answer to this question. Can I hit you with something else? The reason he does it is because he's paranoid. Little old Satan, that little nothing of a nothing. Y'all, don't forget, he is not on par with my Jesus. Can I be real with you? He is but a fallen angel. He is but a creation of a creator. He may have been given dominion over this place, but guess what? In the spiritual realm, in a legal way, you have been bought, purchased, and set free to live in the heavenlies. You are now no longer a slave to the laws of this land. You are an alien meant to live in the heavenlies with your heavenly father because you, son and daughter of God, ambassador of Jesus Christ, are no longer held captive to the will of that little old nothing named Satan. So why do you let him control you? Why do you let your past leash you? You got to unleash the leash. You got to move forward. You belong to no one but Jesus. And he's always saying, follow me. Come with me. See, I am doing a new thing. Are you guys receiving this this morning? Do you understand where I'm going with this? All he knows, all Satan knows is that your God loves you and has a purpose for your life. He's paranoid because he doesn't know the future. (laughs) I think some of us forget that. The devil is not a mind reader. He cannot read your soul and your heart. He can tempt you. He can manipulate you. He can lead you a certain way, and sometimes you follow. But Satan is not all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. Those are characteristics of my God. As much as he likes to make you think he is. He's not. So catch this. The fact that God loves you and has a purpose for your life, that alone is enough for him to hate you, hate you, hate you, hate you. John 10.10 says this. Jesus explains to the people, the thief comes to kill, steal, and what church? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now catch this, kill. Kill. What is Satan trying to kill? I've always wondered, Lord, is he trying to literally kill me, figuratively kill me, metaphorically kill me? All those other word things with grammar and literature. I don't know. What's he trying to do, Jesus? And this is what the Lord told me. James, he's trying to kill your future. He wants to rob you of your future. Satan wants to kill your dream. Don't let the echoes of past discouragement kill your God-sized dream, church. Because some of you today are living with a dead dream. And if I'm not mistaken, that is called a nightmare. Don't live with dead dreams, church. Do not live in a nightmare you can't wake up from. Because the reality is your God loves you and he has more for you. And you are enough and you are equipped and you are called. And you have been elevated to the heights in which God needs to take you for you to fulfill your appointed task. But well, Satan wants to kill your future. He wants to steal. He wants to sabotage your... Are you seeing a pattern? He wants to kill your future. He wants to sabotage your future. Church, don't let the echoes of past failure sabotage your future successes. Please. Don't let them steal your character so you mess up in the same way again. Don't let them steal your patience so you rush into a season unprepared. Don't let him steal your joy so you see no point in trying for tomorrow. Don't let him do it. He has no authority. You are untouchable. Get that. Kill, steal, and destroy. The first two things summarize in this He wants to kill your future. He wants to steal your future because he wants to dis- destroy your future. It's all about your future, church. It's all about our future as the church. And Satan wants no part of it. He wants it done. He wants it dead. He wants it defeated. But guess what? My God is good. My God is alive. My God is... What was that song we just sang? Risen. Our God is risen. Our hope is now risen. Our life is now risen. Our future is now risen. We are no longer stuck in the past. We are called higher, greater, farther, better, faster, and stronger into the future that Jesus has planned. So somebody make a little noise for a God who wants to take you into the future. Why does he try so hard to keep you in the past? Because he fears your future. Newsflash, church. He's not God. He doesn't know And what frustrates him the most is the fact that you can. In my Bible, it says, for greater is he who lives within than he who lives within the. And the spirit of God has given you insight into what the future holds for you, Christian. And that future is freedom. Freedom. And I don't know about you, but is there anyone in here that could use a little bit of freedom in their life? Free from the echoes of past mistakes, haunting your present, trying to destroy a future that you know is bright, that you know can be good. If you need a little bit of freedom, you got to follow Jesus. Jesus is a razor of the dead. So those dead dreams, that nightmare you are currently facing, let God wake you up, church. Let him wake you up. Let him get you a triple espresso Jesus venti mocha Heavenly Starbucks. I don't know. Let them hit you. Let them hit you with a heavenly IV. Just oh yes, espresso, God, you're good. Cause church, if the devil can't trap you in your past, you are then free to function in your Oh, come on, somebody. If the devil can't trap you in your past, you are now free to function in your future. Cause spoiler alert, when we left off with Peter in this passage, he was weeping over his what? Failure over his past mistake, but guess what, church? He didn't stay defeated. He didn't stay defeated. He went, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, devil. Not today. Not today, junior. Not for this fella. Not for this young preacher. It is not my day. He found forgiveness and accepted it and experienced freedom. So, church, let me tell you something that you should get real excited about right now. You have a free gift a gift called grace that's made available for you to pick up so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be set free, so that you can be empowered and anointed for the task in which God has set over your life. So if you want to be free, can you make a little bit of noise and let Jesus know, God, I'm here. God, I want to be set free. I don't want to listen to the echoes of my past anymore, Jesus. I don't want to listen to my failures. I want to listen to my future. Can you tell me a little bit about it, God? Can I pray with you just a little while, God? Can I get into your presence for just a little while, God, and hear about the marvelous works that you have in store for my life. For too long, you sat with earmuffs on. You sat on the sidelines. You've waited, watched, prayed, hoped, and saw the good things God did for others when all you had to do was stand up. Wake up, church. The future is right right now. Thanks, Darnell. I love you. Peter's future was always bright, church. And let me tell that to some of you in here right now. Your future, I don't care about your past. Look at me, everybody. I don't care if you're 90. I'm young. I am, I'm a young man, an attractive, awesome, cool, hip, young man. And in the book of Timothy, it says, do not look down. Don't let anyone look down on you because of your age, but stand up in instruction in all truth. So let me make something very clear to everyone. And I speak with much respect and honor to all elders because you know this already. I, only reason I know it is because you model it. So let me thank you first for doing that for me. I love you generations of, above me. But let me hit you with something, church. Your future is always bright. I don't care about your past. And guess what? Neither does God. Did you know that? Do you know that God doesn't care about your, I mean, he cares for you. He validates your pain in your past, but our God says, "Okay, get over it." To be blunt, He nurtures it for a while. He rubs your back and carries you, and He loves you. But He's like, "Babe, you you gotta let that go. You gotta stop nagging. You, you, that is that is forgotten. What is it? As far as the east is from the. You know how far that is, <laughs> baby? That's far. I don't know why you're running the wrong direction. If you spent half as much time running towards Jesus, your life would look totally different." Come on, somebody. Get free, Calvary. Your future is always bright, even when your past and your present mistakes make your life seem dark. Guess what? The fire of God will always illuminate the future that God has planned for you. If I'm not mistaken, the Spirit of the Lord dwells within you. He is a fire. So the fire of God inside of you will always illuminate the past, the present, and the future you can see where you've been you can see where you are and you now have the ability to see where you are going that fire that passion that direction it is available for you and when is it available right right the fire of God is available right now it doesn't take a preacher it doesn't take a sermon it doesn't take more than a moment alone with your God to say God show me what you got for me man I am ready to go I am done with my past, I am done messing up, I am done feeling stuck, and I am ready to go. Boy, I'm about to blow the speakers in this place. Get free, Calvary. God is saying today, get past your past. Say that with me one more time, get past your past. Catch this, don't let the echo dictate your direction. People of the house, don't let the echo dictate your direction. So let me break it down easy. Why? Because your past can only ever lead you one way. Backwards. (laughs) Your past can only ever lead you one way. And why is that? Where are you looking? God, I know you're there, but this mistake I made, that is a big, big old mistake. And the devil wants you to forget about how big your God is, and he wants you to look at how big your mistake was in the past. But guess what, church? When you realize that this is nothing but a speck of dust and when you look back and go oh my god literally my god you are hit with the realization that your problems no longer can dictate your life because your god is now leading you into your future why is staying stuck in your past so dangerous and detrimental to your walk with jesus This is why you're afraid to move forward, church, if you didn't know. Why it feels scary to trust God at times. Why walking forward into the things he's asking you to do can be scary. Church, the world is waiting. The church, the world is waiting on the church. The church can never move forward, though, if it's filled with people who can only move. Oh, did you guys hear me this morning? The world is waiting on a church to rise up, to lead the way. But the church can never go forward if we're always stuck going. Who's ready to be done going backwards? Who's ready to get in gear with Jesus and hit drive, hit the pedal, go forward into what God's called for you? The past is in the past. The past is in the past. You're so stuck in your past. You're too timid to move forward into the future blessings and promises that God has for your life. Church, let your present present you with opportunities to move forward. Because that is what will open up the door to your future. Are y'all hearing me today? Well, how, Pastor James? That's easier said than done. You don't know my past. You can't begin to understand everything that I've gone through. You're right. From this platform, let me say, I don't know. I don't know your pain. I don't know your story I don't but my Jesus does he sees you where you're at he sees where you've been and he loves you but what I do know is this hear me very clearly today church everyone in here I want to lock eyes with you look at me and receive this you are never too far gone. You can clap. That's okay. That's a a good word. God is wanting you to know, church, that you are never too far gone. I know that somebody in here needed to hear that because their past is wanting to let them know that's not true. You messed up too many times. You have been broken too far. There is nothing you can do that will ever make up for what you've done. Lies. Lies, church. You are never too far gone. You're never too far past the reach of a five-letter word called G-R-A-C-E, sometimes spelled J-E-S-U-S, because that word, that man, that thing called grace, the man, the God named Jesus, he is enough. He is more than enough to reach down, to pick you up where you're at, because his reach is long, long enough to pick you up from anywhere, wide enough to wrap his arms around any burden that you might carry, and his love is deep enough to secure you in a sturdy and new foundation in him. Pastor, I am too far gone, not for Jesus, because he likes to do this. He likes to do this. Pastor, you don't know the burdens I carry are far too great. Well, guess what? The arms of my God can wrap around a mountain. So get at me, devil. There's ain't nothing you can toss my way that my Jesus can't pick up off my shoulders and put at the feet of the cross. That is the God you serve. Grace is enough. And grace doesn't make sense. Stop trying to figure out the love of God and just accept it, please. Please, I'm begging you. Grace will never make sense to you because you don't deserve it, but yet he gives it. Am I the only one who feels that way sometimes? God, how I'm trying to figure this out. What do I have to, what do, I have to do? What do I have to think about? What do I have to make up for? And he said, bro, you just got to let me do my thing. And I'll take care of it. Do not fear the echoes, church. Do not fear the echoes. And how? Let me sum it up in this Cling to hope. Church, cling to hope. Because I can even feel burdens starting to lift off people right now. You've got to let go of your past. You've got to let go of your mistakes. You've got to let go of the voice echoing anxiety over your life. And you have to let go so that you can cling to hope. You can only hold on to so many things. So what are you holding on to, church? I'm holding on to a microphone and hope. That's what I'm doing. I'm holding my God's hand. He's got me. What are you holding on to? Hope of what, though, Pastor James? It's easy for you to say that, but illustrate. What do you mean? The hope in that because we serve a God who loves you more than anything, cling to the hope. That as a mighty woman of God, Jean Mayo puts it, your call is greater than your fall. Come on, somebody. Your call is greater than your fall. The places that our God wishes to elevate you far outmeasures any distance you may have fallen in your life. I don't care what you said. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you thought. I don't care what someone said about you, did to you, did for you. There is no distance you could have gone down that our God cannot reach down to push you back up. Receive that, church. Cling to hope. And why? Because Romans 5, 3, 5 says this. Suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope makes us so that we are not ashamed. Your past sufferings, your past, your past sufferings produce perseverance for a present perseverance to persevere through the things life is tossing your way because in your present you produce character and the character which you produce is your launching pad into the future that God has called you to church so if you're ready to get out of your past to function in your present and to step forward into your future can you give Jesus just a little shout because he wants to hear and he wants to know that you're ready to go 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 we no longer have to live ashamed because of what we've done because we have hope That our past is not the in-all, end-all, of-all. It's nothing. You just got to move past it. Now, today, there wasn't just one man who betrayed Jesus, and I, I have to keep moving quickly. There was actually two. There was another man. There was no difference between Peter and who was the other man who betrayed our homeboy Jesus? Judas. Judas. There was no difference. There was no difference between Peter and Judas. Have you ever thought about that? Both of them betrayed Jesus. And guess what? Judas only betrayed him once. How many times did Peter betray Jesus? Right in his face. Hey, what's up? I don't know you. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I don't know him. Man, for real, get up off me. I don't know you. Judas went away in private. Peter stood in the face of God and spat. How do you suppose that makes Peter feel now that he realized what he's done? I mean, what did Judas do? There is no difference between our two characters in this story other than this. One of them decided to cling to hope. One of them decided to cling to hope, church. In church, I'm going to be straightforward with you. If you fail, and we all do, and you don't allow grace to lift you back up, to increase your character so you don't make the same mistake twice, because you're now sanctified, you will die. Your spirit will shrivel within you. Your f- will to fight against the echoes of your past mistakes will weaken you, and your fear will run rampant. Its will is to end you. So where's my biblical proof of this? Let me go back to the word. Loved one, what did Judas do after he realized what he had done? We pick up in verse three. Then Judas was sorry he had handed Jesus over when he saw that Jesus was going to be killed. Peter knew he had done something wrong. Judas also knew that he had done something wrong. But there's a difference here. Catch this. He took back the 30 pieces of silver and gave it to the head religious leaders and the other leaders. He said, I have sinned because I handed over a man who had done no wrong. But guess what, guys? Judas didn't get it. He didn't just hand over a man. He handed over the son of man. He handed over God. Judas had no idea what he had next to him. Sometimes I like to believe Judas didn't even believe in Jesus. He just liked to believe in the money that came in. He handed over a man. But Jesus wasn't just a man. He was the man. He was the man that lets me say amen. And they said, well, what is this to us? This is your own doing. Isn't that life? Hey, that's your mistake. Deal with it. There's not a lot of hope in that. And then he went away and killed himself by hanging with the rope. Catch this, church. Judas lost hope because he gave hope away. He didn't just give away a man, he gave away the hope of men. So why was Judas left with no hope? Because he gave hope away. He realized that he had done wrong. His past mistakes took his heart and mind captive, and it drove him deeply into despair. But loved ones, this morning I must ask you, do you cling to hope after you mess up, or do you cling to despair? Right now when you're dealing with, are you looking to hope or are you looking to hate? Hope that there is forgiveness for you like Peter or despair and hatred for yourself like Judas when we sin and cling to the pain of our own or others past mistakes, we then betray the very nature of Jesus, the nature of him that is to be our savior, be our healer, and be our deliverer. When you cling to your past, you deny Jesus. You deny Jesus the right to be Jesus in your life. You deny him the right to step in, Christian, because he has purchased you with a price. You deny him the right to heal you, to lift those chains off you to shake that sin away from you to get you out of that past into a present and walking into a future come on somebody (laughs) Peter betrayed Jesus Judas betrayed Jesus and guess what James has betrayed Jesus when you live in sin you betray the love of God So when we do that, that's a a fact we must face. When that happens, what do you do? Do you run in despair and hide or do you cling to hope? Do you ask for forgiveness and do you trust that your God loves you enough to reach down into any pit that you're in to pull you right back out? Church, it's time. It's time to accept hope. But hope, this crazy little word called hope, allowed one of them to realize that their call was greater than their fall. Loved ones, hear me. The heights that God wishes to take you far out, measure the distances you have fallen. So let's dissect this real quick and look at Peter when he was in the middle of his falling season. Fitting we call it that given this series we were just in. And maybe some of us can relate to Peter all the more closely. Jesus tried to warn him that Satan was on his heels. Very recently, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. And does that feel like anyone else? Like, has Jesus been warning anybody in here about some stuff in your life? Hey, don't talk to them. Get out of there. Don't be around those people. Don't be doing those things. You know why he's telling you that? Because perhaps a rooster crow is on the horizon for you. Did you catch that, church? There might be a rooster's crow on the horizon for you because Jesus sees it coming. Do you? And what are you going to do about it? Because Peter was proud and stupid, and I'm sure none of us can relate to that. Don't you look over at your neighbor please. But, but listen to his response. Lord, I'm ready to go with you to both prison and to death. Okay, Peter, where was that fire the moment Jesus needed you to back those words up? I will go with you to prison and death. Hey, isn't that that dude that follows Jesus? Let's send him to prison and kill him. Well, I don't know who that is. Yeah, Jesus, I don't know. Jesus, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know. Where was that fire? Where was that zeal? It was gone because Jesus didn't buy it. I can imagine his demeanor changing in this moment because typically I'd like to believe that Peter and Jesus jesus had this little like dichotomy in their relationship, a little back and forth because Peter was, man, the dude was dull and Jesus was not. So it kind of makes for some funny stories. Like real quick, you know the moment when they had to pay taxes to go through the gate and they didn't have any money and Peter was freaking out? He's like, Lord, Lord God Almighty, we don't got no money. What are we going to do? Jesus is like, Peter, it's okay. I got this. He's like, no, Jesus, you don't get it. How can we go and further the gospel? How can I go tell people about you? If we can't get past this gate, we don't got no money. I should go back home and start fishing again because fishing would produce an income. And then with that income, I could further the gospel because I could get some money and I could support some missionaries or do some other things. But I don't know what to do right now, Jesus. And Jesus said, Peter, if you want to go fish, fine. Go, go catch something and come on back. Okay, we'll, we'll be here. All right, God, whatever you say. Peter goes and catches a fish. He comes back to Jesus. Jesus gusts the thing. And guess what's inside? The exact amount of money they needed to get through the gate. Come on, somebody. God knows how to provide, even in the strangest of circumstances. And he's ready and willing to prove it however he needs to. Jesus was letting Peter know, hey, I got it. I got you. So there's this, this funny relationship. But that all changed here. his demeanor changed. He looked back at Peter and he said, Pete, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times and I'm not messing. So the result of this, it happened. Peter was crushed and he went out and he wept bitterly. Man, Pastor James, where's this hope you spoke of earlier? Can we get to the end? Get back to that. What about this not fearing the echoes thing? I like that. Let's talk about that again real quick as we close. Here's the hope, church. Jesus knew that Peter's call was higher than his fall, because Jesus promised this is the rock on whom I will build my church. So let's rewind for just a moment because Jesus spoke promise over Peter's life. And the calling over him was far from over, even after Jesus was being denied. Because on the glorious resurrection day, the first Easter morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, what did he say? Mark 16, verse 7. Christ said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Jesus remembered Peter. He specifically remembered Peter. Yes, James, John, Andrew, all of them, but he remembered Peter because our God remembers you. The most important decision you'll ever make is the next one. And the second most important decision you'll ever make is what you're going to do after you fail. Will you cling to despair like Judas or cling to hope like Peter? Because loved ones, God has spoken promises over your life that the enemy cannot revoke, the enemy cannot remove, and the enemy cannot recall. You are empowered more than a conqueror, and make a little noise if I'm speaking to you right now, because even when you mess up, cling to hope, because Jesus is calling your name. James, come back. Somebody go tell him it's okay. I'm back. I'm here. I'm ready to keep moving forward. Especially when the echoes of your past start to ring in your ears. Remember that your call, church, is higher than your fall. And let me end with this. I know I'm going long, but I'm excited. Is it okay? Can I just go a little bit longer? I want you to catch this thought. What do you suppose went through Peter's mind throughout the remainder of his life every time he heard a rooster crow? (laughs) He heard an echo of his past mistake. What did Peter do every time he heard a rooster crow? Guys, what time in the morning does a rooster crow? Very early. So guess how Peter started every day? How did Peter start his day every day? With a rooster's every morning, he was reminded of his past and his mistakes. But Jesus says, look, and I am doing a new thing be made new. My mercies are made new every. My mercies are made new every. So when that rooster crows, Peter, guess what, baby? That's not the end for you because my mercies are made new and my grace is sufficient. All you got to do is accept it. All you got to do is accept it. And is that you? Are you reminded each new day about an old issue? Did Peter give up or did he allow it to stand as a reminder, the echo, as a reminder that my God is good and faithful to forgive, that my God is stronger than the grave, and that my God took my sins to the cross so that my sins could be washed away? Did Peter use that rooster's crow that used to usher in an echo of pain, be turned around and used as a reminder of God's faithfulness in his faithlessness? don't let the echo dictate your life dictate the echo somebody what used to remind you of pain let it remind you of god's promise for your life guess what jesus loves me guess what my past is behind me guess what devil you got nothing now i'm set free i'm stepping into my future and fast forward imagine if you will with me some time has passed and peter is now fulfilling the calling on his life to spread the gospel He's in a setting. Just close your eyes for a moment. Imagine this. We're all in old ancient times. He's spreading the gospel. He's in a setting surrounded by multitudes of people. You hear the traffic. You hear the carts. You hear the uh, donkeys. You hear all the animals making sounds. People with their families crying. Children, farmers and tradesmen who are trying to transport goods. And Peter over top of all the noise is trying to declare the goodness of God. And we pick up here in Acts 2. Peter replied, each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the... Pause. Imagine the farmers who were there listening that day. What if them had a crow? What if them had a rooster? What if, what if some of them had some donkeys? What if some of them were there with their livestock that they're trying to trade? What if the rooster started to crow as Peter preached? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the the forgiveness of your sins. There's a pause. The echoes of the rooster's crow flood his mind. The thoughts of betraying the very one who gave his life to save his, his master, his teacher, his best friend. But what does he do? Does he sink in despair? Does he let his past sin ruin his present opportunity to administer the gospel? Does he let the enemy try to trap him in his past mistake to delay his destiny? No. Church, he doesn't. He continues on. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh-uh. This promise is to you, O oh children of God. The louder the rooster crowed, I like to believe the louder Peter, Peter preached. To all those who have been called by our God, uh, 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 the Peter continued preaching for a long time. Peter's like, devil, I could do this all day. You come at me with any thought, any memory, but guess what? I'm going to come right back at you with the word of God. Then Peter continued to preach for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed in Peter were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. Catch this, church. What would have happened if Peter would have let that crow shut him up? Heaven would have missed out on 3,000 people that day. And what about you? What crow in your life is keeping you from... The destiny that God has called for you to live. Don't let the echo keep you from a promise. It's time to stop listening to the echo. It's time to stop letting the echo use you. Use that echo, baby. Whatever echoes in your life, let God turn it around. Because whenever Peter was tempted to give up, call it quits, throw in the towel. Whenever he heard the echo, whenever he heard the rooster crow, he was reminded of not his sin, but of his savior. He used the echo as an encouragement. And who here knows that we serve a God who can turn all things around? The anxiety of those bill collectors, the ringing of the phone echoing in your mind, reminding you that you can't make that payment. Well, guess what? Son, God can give you the money you need to make that bill go away. Our God is a supplier. Well, what about the people in my life, God, that have been hurting me, those private situations I'm facing at home? Well, guess what, son and daughter of God? God can turn it around. So be encouraged, church. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy, for though I may fall, I will get back up again. And although I may dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light for me church, I promise, I'm closing right here. Only those who never try, never fail. We cannot be a church that never tries because we fear failure. Too many souls depend on it. As a pastor, let me equip you with something as we go. It's always better to fail at attempting something than to excel in doing nothing. Because here's a kingdom principle, people. A flawed diamond is still more valuable than a perfect brick can I be real? A flawed diamond is still better than a perfect brick. God didn't create you to sit and idle your way through life. He did not equip you with the spirit of fear, but he created you to take a risk on him and to follow him and to find peace and purpose and direction and love and joy and all these things in him. So when the past echo in your present, will you today allow it to keep you stuck? Or will you turn your rooster's crow into a testimony of your God's faithfulness to you, even when you weren't faithful to him? Ask yourself this question and think carefully. What is bigger in your mind, church? Faith in your failure or faith in your savior? You got to be real honest with yourself. Peter and Judas, again, both faced this question and both had different answers. So what do you choose this morning, Calvary? Because he's more than enough, loved ones. Taps, you can come up. He's more than enough. Jesus can turn an echo of pain into the promise of a brighter future. Jesus can turn the echo of frustration into a reminder of his faithfulness. So today, let us not fear the echoes. Let us be encouraged by them because when we surrender them to Jesus, he can take any hurt that we give him and turn it into hope for us. So as we face the echoes, church, let us cling to hope this week because our God is for you. When you go into your week and you're facing the echoes of your past, stand firm. Stand firm in faith that your God is good enough to pull you out of any circumstance and lead you into your future. Can we all just end this message in agreement? Do you receive that this morning? Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray this thing out. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for another opportunity, God, to come before your people with your word. I pray it came out with power and it came out with articulation, God, so they understood what you were trying to say to them. Jesus, you love them, you desire them, you want them, and you are ready for them to step into a future greater than anything they could ever hope, think, or imagine and ask for, God. Jesus, help them to get past their past. Help them to live presently with you right now, God, so that you can take them into the future that you have been dreaming of taking them into. If you're not already, close your eyes, bow your head. If there's anyone in here you don't know Jesus, I'm just going to cut to it. If you've never experienced the Savior, if you've never experienced freedom, if you need a breath of air, if your head is being held underwater and all you need is a... (gasps) Jesus can give that to you. All you got to do is accept it. For real this time. There's some people in here, you've heard this time and time and time again. It's been a year, 10 years, 20 years. Well, guess what? Right now, right now is the time to get right with Jesus. Right now is the time to let your past be the past. Right now is the time to forget the echo and start listening to the song that your Heavenly Father sings over you every single day. If that's you and you need to get right with Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to be brave and raise a hand. You don't got to make a lot of noise. You don't got to jump and holler. I see that hand. This message is for you. You can put him down. If there's anyone in this house, you know Jesus, but you've been stuck. You messed up. That rooster's been crowing, and you don't know where to go. You got a little sidetracked. If you need a little bit of forgiveness and freedom in your life, I just want you to raise your hand because Jesus is going to see you. Hallelujah, thank you God. Remove the echoes, Jesus. Remove their past shame and guilt. Cover it under the blood of Jesus right now. God, freedom in Jesus' name for this house. Deliverance from past. And I pray promise over a bright, bright future in you, Jesus. Father God, be with us this week as we go into the things you have planned for us. We love you. We need you, Jesus. Let us never deny you in word, thought, or action, Father God, because we know your love is greater. Help us, Father God. We desire you. Help us to face the echoes. In Jesus' name.